Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Empowered Patient. I'm really glad you took the time to stop in and listen. Um, this is a great weekend. It's the start of Memorial Day weekend, and I can't believe in New England we actually have sunshine and warm weather. So for all you people that are traveling this this weekend, be safe, and all you people riding your bike this weekend, wear your helmet. Very important. I also want to send my prayers and thoughts uh, out to the people in Joplin. That was such a horrific, that is such a horrific situation out there, and my heart just goes out to all of you. You're in my thoughts and you're in my prayers. Now, I would like to um, give you my Hari Navigation Tip of the Day, or the week, or the month. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk about the office visit. A lot of times when we go to the doctor, we're going to get some news on test results or radiology results, and we're not sure what the outcome is going to be or if we're going there to get more information on a specific illness that we have, uh, it can be a very stressful moment, uh, especially if you're getting new information or a new diagnosis. My advice is the following. Take somebody with you. It really helps to have someone there in the room because a lot of times you actually don't hear what the doctor or nurse practitioner says. Uh, and you really need you really need somebody else's ears. Once you know, it's really just a, an important thing to do, and not just for the emotional support, but just to k- get all the information possible. The other thing that I recommend is have a make a list of questions before you go in. Think about what you really want to know about you know, uh, say there's a possibility you have this illness or you already know you have an illness and you need more information. If you have a list of questions, you can just focus on the questions and the person with you can write down the answers. I always tell people also to prioritize your questions. It's important to prioritize so you can get, you can go succinctly through each question and through each area. Now, the doctor may not have time to answer all your questions, and if you leave the doctor's office and you feel like you have more questions, I suggest that you call his nurse or you call him, and if your doctor emails, email him the questions because it really is important to have that information uh, available for you to make to, to, to make a good decision about your health care. That's really the first step in being an empowered patient is making <coughs> decisions getting the information, feeling empowered with the information to make the decision that works for you. So, onward. Today we have the most amazing guest. We have Alba Frasco, who is here, who is currently receiving treatment for breast cancer. Her story is amazing. She's an amazing, empowered patient, and she had to do it all on her own. Uh, She's going to tell you all about it. And if you have any questions for Alba, you can call in at 805-830-8363. And also, through all this breast cancer, 
she's also the mother of two. So she is going through a lot. So without further ado, I am going to bring her on because we are very lucky to have her today. Hello, Abla, are you there? Hi, Harry. Hey, how are you doing Hello. today? I'm good. 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 So um, are you feeling good today? I have a little bit of a uh, cough, but I think I'll be okay. Okay. So before you came on, I gave everybody a little bit of a, it's just very, very short history, you know, that you, you know, were currently receiving treatment for breast cancer. Um, so why don't you just tell us, uh, I know your story is really oh, interesting and it will be very helpful for people. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey and you know, maybe how, you know, you first found out. Um, sure. Um well, I actually walked into the hospital asking them to take certain tests because I um, <clears throat> felt something um, was going on with my body. <clears throat> um, I had asked them to take um, some biopsies on my left note because I did feel some lumps. And uh, before the hospital visit, I actually went to a doctor. I also went to a dermatologist. And uh, I covered a lot of ground. And um, I just wasn't happy with what they told me. And I actually decided to go in for biopsy, and um, unfortunately, I walked in knowing exactly what I wanted. I had to fight for it. And so you had I to fight with who? The, the, your primary care or your surgeon? Ha- so um, who did you have to yeah, fight with? Well, I asked for a uh, lymph node biopsy, and um, when I was on the table, they only ordered, the surgeon only ordered a breast biopsy. And while I was on the table, I had to tell the radio. The, I think it's the radiologist who does it, or um, I don't know who does who, perform, who performs the biopsy. But I had to explain to her the reason why I was there in the first place. And um, you know, she said, "Well, the doctor didn't order that." And I said, "Well, that's the reason why I came to begin with." And, um, and she had to leave the room and talk to the doctor. And um, they came back and did the the lymph node biopsy after after going through all that. <clears throat> And so they did do the lymph. They, they did the lymph they, they, they biopsy. Did they did. Mm-hmm. They okay. did the breast and lymph node. Mm-hmm. And okay. Um, okay. You know my story, but I was misdiagnosed. Uh, they didn't catch what it was, um, and I found out afterwards by going to a second, um, a second and third opinion that I I, I did have um, cancer on both my breast and my lymph nodes. So the first, so even though they did this lymph node biopsy and the breast biopsy, they didn't. They said you didn't have cancer. Right. But you kept being persistent. You kept. You 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 said you said. Oh, I mean, well, what made you think that that there was something else going on? Um, I'm pretty intuitive uh, when it comes to my body, and I think everybody should really listen to their body. Um, I wouldn't rely on doctors to tell you um, exactly what's going on. You really have to listen to what's going on with your body itself. And, you know, I had all the signs. I had I had pain. I had uh, inflammation. I had um, rashes. And a lot of times your body, when your body, um, when you, 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 don't tr- when you don't treat your body, it, it comes out externally. And, uh, you know, sometimes if you see rashes or skin conditions, there's a, there's something telling you that there's something going on internally. 
Um, so, you know, I, I went to see a lot of people. I went to see dermatologists, and they all told me that, you know, that just uh, from the from the summer, I know that this was during the summer rash, and I just, um, you know, different, I, went, I see a lot, of, a lot of professional opinions, and um, I never got anywhere, but I knew just by the way my body felt that there was something else going on. And and during this time, your lymph node kept getting more tender, right? And and your breast was getting more tender. I mean, you could my just feel the pain. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. I went back to the same surgeon. He told me it was just um, what it was. It was a scar tissue from a previous biopsy that they had performed. So he kind of blew it off, <laughs> saying that it was scar tissue, and um, you know, scar it, it was tissue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so did you believe him? I mean, were you like aghast or, I mean, I mean, when he said that to you, what, what, what did you think? Um, well, I guess normally a normal approach I would think was, uh, okay, I, I dodged the bullet. I don't have cancer and, you know, run out of there. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> you know, I kind of did that, but in the back of my, my mind, uh, you know, I, I, it wasn't normal for my breast to be, in such pain, um, it, it wasn't normal that my hair was thinning, um, uh-huh. and you know, it just I, there was certain things that my body was telling me, and I had to trust my body. And um, you know, that's when uh-huh. I went into the two Boston hospitals, and um, I got second and third opinion. They both told me a different diagnosis, so it was as if I was hearing it, you know, and knowing it for the first time, and it was devastating. Well, I can imagine here you thought that maybe you just had scar tissue. I mean, you're probably so somewhere in your mind you were probably hoping it was scar tissue, mm-hmm. right? right. And, and then when that's you sure. brought when when you say I think that's really interesting. What made you decide to go get a second opinion? I mean, did you just did someone suggest that to you, or did you just know that you had to keep pushing <laughs> until you you found out what was going on? Yeah, definitely. I definitely need uh, um, somebody who needs a lot of information before I make any decisions or, um, you know, I, I don't bury my head in the sand and, um, you know, leave it up to the doctor to tell me. And I really wasn't comfortable with the doctor when he was sitting um, and, and, and telling me, um, giving me information. I just, um, there was just something about him that I picked up that I wasn't comfortable with. And it, it just made me, you know, go out and, you know, we have the best hospitals in Boston. It's you know not far away, and uh, people come from all over con- different countries to come here. Um, so it was you know it shouldn't have been a big deal for me to go to seek some more opinions in, in you know the top hospitals in Boston. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So you knew that. So so I think that's a really good point that you brought up. You just when you were talking to that first that first surgeon, you just didn't feel comfortable. You didn't feel like you were getting the whole story. I mean, you exactly. and, and and you trusted that in yourself, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know to do that, and I think that that's such good information for people to, you know, you just weren't. It's okay. It's okay not to feel comfortable and to seek other opinions. <clears throat> oh, right. Because uh, yeah, you're not hurting anybody's feelings, and um, you know, you're doing it for yourself. And I think a lot of people think that they just feel bad. They don't want to, you know. They don't want the doctor to know, so they kind of either keep it a secret or, um, or they don't do it. And um, I, I, you know, I, I did go to my, my first, my 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 second opinion was with Beth Israel, and um, I actually told Beth Israel that I needed time to think 
before I chose them because I wanted to walk over to Dana Faber and get the third opinion. So mm-hmm. you can't, you know, they and they were really good about it. They said, you know, go ahead and get other opinions. And anybody who can tell you that is pretty sure of themselves, and they don't make you feel bad about yourself or, you know, so they, they, they you know, they, um, they were open to it. So they made me feel so more you, comfortable. So you felt that they, they were listening to your concerns. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And so, so when you went to, for the second opinion, I'm sure you were very anxious and nervous. Did you did you have a list of questions when you went, or did you go mm-hmm. with someone, or how, how how did that happen? I did take a good friend of mine, and uh, she's I knew I knew that she was organizing great with notes, and um, she wrote everything down for me. Um, as they as they met with the team, I met a, uh, with a team of three people. And um, I was there for about four hours, and I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know what my diagnosis was. And uh, they told me then uh, it was devastating to find out. But I did, you know, it, it was from that day on, every time I had gone to a hospital visit, I always have somebody with me. I don't go alone. And I think it's important because you don't, when you get devastating news like that, um, you know, you, you don't think of questions and you don't think of writing anything down and you don't remember anything that happened that day. <clears throat> so right, my friend came right. home and she and she just emailed me all the notes and um, you know, and I had I have a nice little e- email of exactly what she heard that day. Well, that that I mean, that that's invaluable. I mean, I, and I I agree that if you know what that people should it's so important to have somebody with you. So when you went in for that four hours, um, you see you talk to the a team. Did you talk to them as a group uh, all together or individually? Um, they got together as a group and they viewed all my records from the previous hospital and all my uh, biopsies and MRIs and um, then they came to me uh, separately. They each met with me. Um, their specialty. I met with uh, uh, the surgeon first. I met with the oncologist, and I met with the uh, radiation um, doctor. Um, and they all, you know, told me exactly uh, what they thought their opinion was and um, what to expect. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a big day. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that you can even remember it. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, just I, hearing I that word, you know, <laughs> right. Uh, right. But but so so then you went you went to you said you went to Beth Israel first and then you went to Dana Farber. Was it the same there? Did you meet with the team there also? Was it was it similar? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met with um two I went with an oncologist and a surgeon, two people. Um mm-hmm. um and uh, both hospitals were amazing and and you know in their own way and uh, I I I fell in love with all the oncologists and all the surgeons. And uh, they gave me some great information, and it was really, really difficult for me to pick which one to go to. Um, mm-hmm. But what I do have is I, you know, I chose Beth Israel, and um, but what I do have is I have Dana Faber actually um, looking in on me to make sure I'm doing okay. And I actually told Beth Israel and Dana Faber that if there was ever any time that I'm not comfortable with them, that I'd be walking across the street to Dana Faber. <laughs> And what I bet. So, what did they say to that? <laughs> uh, they didn't say much, but at least, at least they know that I have my option to do that. Well, at least they know that you're involved. You know, you. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a. Uh, 
you know, I, I, they may not be used to it, but I think they probably like it on some in some way. I mean, so how do they respond to you when you say, I mean, that, if you say that, you probably say other things to them too, you know. So how do they respond to you in general? <laughs> I say a lot. I, I say a lot of things, but um, I think they. Um, I, I, I'm pretty lucky that I have pretty open. Uh, right now, I'm dealing uh, uh, solely with the oncologist because I'm doing my chemotherapy first. But they're pretty open uh, in terms of all the, the, you know, different things I'm trying to. I'm trying a lot of alternative things, and um, I do say a lot of things to them that they probably don't like, and um, they probably get nervous about. But um, they, they listen, and um, they're pretty, pretty good about it. They don't really give mm-hmm. me a hard time, or they do listen. Mm-hmm. And do they do they give you the information you need? Like if you have a question about what's going on, because I imagine that you've had some side effects with you know because you are getting chemo, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I mean, do they? If you have a situation, is someone available to you? Um, yes, I call my fellow oncologist, and uh, he always gets back to me the same day. Um, and when I do when I do have my um, before my chemotherapy, I see the doctor um, for my blood levels, and they talk to me about what's going on. And uh, they set a lot a lot of time aside for me, and I'm wondering if it's because they know me to have a lot of questions. But I'm usually in the doctor's office probably over well over an hour. So they're pretty mm-hmm. thorough if I have a lot of questions, and they always answer my questions. Um, you know, they, they never really hesitate. Mm-hmm. And and do you usually have a list? You usually think about what you're going to say right now before you you go to uh, the doctor's appointment, so you can you know check it off in your mind or whoever's with you can check it off, right? I mean, you st- you still do that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it in my head exactly what I'm going to say um, and what I'm thinking. Um, a lot of things come up in in the office that I just pops up and you know I think about. But if I to get something, or I think about it over the weekend after I'm all things over. I'll always um, call and ask ask about it, and they're pretty good about getting back to me. Mhm. So, um, so was I gonna, oh, it's just so amazing story. I can hardly, you know, I, I just have so many questions here. Um, one question I have is: Did the first surgeon ever say that you agree that you had cancer? I mean, did he did he, did he ever say that? Um, I had to go back for a uh, another mammogram, which was scheduled. Um, and um, what happened was the, re- the reason why I did go for you know, I, I I knew what was going. I I I kind of. Tell us what was going on, and I had to, I went in for uh, a scheduled mammogram, and um, what he decided to do after he told me that it was uh, you know a couple months before that he told me that it was just uh, scar tissue. What he decided to do was do an ultrasound. <clears throat> so I asked him why why would you do an ultrasound to begin with instead of another mammogram? You know, giving me mammograms you know every six months. And he says, well, we don't do that, and this and that. So. Actually, the ultrasound picked up that I had cancer, um, wow. and they did a different they did a different biopsy, um, which is a needle biopsy, I think they call it, or surgical. Uh-huh. That's what they call it. Um, and, um, and 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 it did show cancer, but it was a different it was a different story. Um, what he told me what it was uh, was totally different than what my second and third opinion told me what it was. So it was uh, yeah. not only misdiagnosed the first time I went, but it was a different type. It was it was a totally different story, scenario, um, than what it really what it really was. 
Because not just did you bring a copy of your MRI and ultrasound to Beth Israel and Dana Farber, but didn't you? You also brought sent the slides over, right? The actual pathology. Yes. Mm-hmm. So right. exactly. that's important for people to know that if they do change, you know, go from one place to another, that because it does happen. What your experience is, I mean, that's pretty amazing, and unfortunately, it happens more than we like, you know, in the healthcare, but. You know, you probably they gave you a diagnosis, but two other places said, "Wait, slow down. This is something else." You know, and it's because they got to look at that pathology. So I guess the lesson there is, if someone refuse, you know, they have to let you take that pathology with you, and most places do. But um, I have run into people where it's been difficult to get that, and that is so critical. And you know, it it has has to do with your treatment. I mean, your treatment would have been different. I don't understand why it would be so difficult to get. I mean, I went to the uh, medical records. I told them exactly what I wanted. And, um, you know, I, I knew when, when those dates were that I got everything. And, um, you know, I got my all my medical records from that hospital. I, I just pulled everything out and I, I brought it with me. To my, and I made copies. I made, you know, I asked them for three copies. And I gave Dana Faber and Beth Israel all my records and all my slides and everything. And they're the ones actually, Dana Faber and Beth Israel, did a study of the first biopsy that the other hospital did. And um, mm-hmm. they did an extensive study, and they both found, and that's why I knew I was misdiagnosed, that they both found that I had cancer on my breast and in my, my lymph node um, the first time I went in. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say. You know, it leaves me breathless, speechless to have, you know, to have to... I, I just can't imagine what it must have been like when you heard that. I mean, I I... And then you just have to keep pushing forward, right? I mean, you have to make decisions. You have to ask questions. I mean, so, so okay, so here we are. You've gotten the news. You go home. You think about it. Did they, they offer treatment to you, what, what they wanted to do, and did they give you options? Um, uh, the first hospital or, or, or no, Beth no, Israel? No, 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 Beth Israel and, sorry, and Dana Farber. Um. Yeah, they, they yes, they told me. Um, yep, they when I did choose when I did end up choosing uh, Beth Israel as my team, um, then they got the ball rolling. They they, um, they wanted to start quickly. Um, they didn't want to fool around. And uh, one thing they approached me with was um, doing uh, chemotherapy first before surgery, which I was I never heard of that, and um, mm-hmm. I was kind of skeptical. But but. Um, the oncologist came in, the fellow oncologist, and that was the first time I had talked to him and met him. He came in and he explained it in detail exactly, you know, there's a study that's been going on for 10 years um, with women with breast cancer who um, actually fare better doing chemotherapy first before um, surgery. And uh, what they're looking for is for sh- uh, shrinkage. And, um, uh-huh. you know, I sat there and I, and I thought about it, and... What I thought about was a couple of things. I, I had to think about my kids' schedule first because, I, you know, they were in school and I thought maybe going through chemotherapy while they're in school was, a lot, was going to be a lot easier on me. And uh, so that was one reason why I chose chemotherapy first. And the other one was because emotionally, I think after surgery, I'm not sure if I would have done as well with chemotherapy as I have been after surgery. I think emotionally would have taken a toll on me. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, the other was I was, I was interested and it's a, it's a question I asked my oncologist. I asked her, you know, how do people know that the chemotherapy is working for them? And uh, her answer was, we don't know if it works for you. 
Um, so wow. I found this out. I found this out after I chose chemotherapy. After probably my third or fourth round, and um, I said to her, you know, if you don't know, it's you know, I forget the exact words I used, but I said, you know, you don't know what's working. But I, I, I just, you know, I was glad that I I chose chemotherapy first because. Halfway through, what they do is they do an MRI to see if it's, there's shrinkage. So I, I kind of, uh, you know if it's working for you or not. And then that gives you another decision to make whether you want to continue with surgery right away or continue with uh, finishing the chemotherapy. <clears throat> so at least I know where I stand and, and uh, you know, if, if, if it's been working for me. And I think that's important, too. Yeah, and the, the part, I mean, I just love that you, you know, the reasons, you know, yeah. You're such a you know your mother, your your priority was your kids, you know, right. and you well, I mean yeah. that that's you know I mean it's so it's so beautiful and so amazing and you know you said okay my life has to go on with my kids and I'm gonna you know I I just think it's great that you know I mean it just shows what kind of decisions women have to make or anyone has to make when they face you know, these illnesses and, and have to figure out treatment options, you know. And and I mm-hmm. think that's why it's so important that you were given options, you know, and you were able to decide. Mm-hmm. I think that gives you a sense of control, which we often lose when we get into these situations or we feel that we've lost it, you know. Right. So, no, um, I, think, I think that's true. Yeah. So, um we're kind of getting down to that. We have about uh, just a few more minutes left. Um, wow. But um, that's been, um, tell me how, tell everybody how you're doing. I mean, what's it, just a few minutes about what, if you want, if you don't want to, what it's like on chemo. I know, you know, that you you have your, as we like to say, your fan club that goes with you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and uh, you, can, you can tell the little story about making the, the doctor, you know, do something before he'll start oh, yeah. chemo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well my, you know, my, my fellow oncologist is, uh, you know, a young, a young doctor who's, um, you know, he, he was very, um, just, uh, it, 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 it's a difficult job to have to deal with people with cancer, and I'm, you know, I'm sure that was part of it, but he never really smiled or, it was very just straight, you know, straight laced and um, just very, very serious. <laughs> and I always tried to get, a, you know, like a, a kind of a rise from him to see, you know, if I can, you know, just get him out of his whatever he was in. And, um, you know, he would get me back. Like he would, he would, you know, be so serious that he'd answer my, you know, silly things with something serious. But um, I finally told him after meeting him several times before my chemotherapy started that before my first day of chemotherapy, I said, you know, I'm not going to sit in that chair until you tell me a joke every time I come here. So <laughs> he told me he told me a joke, and it was so funny, and it was so unlike his personality that I knew, and it was it was it was just incredible that he you know basically opened up and really showed me his personality in the first the first joke. But ever since he's he's been doing that ever since. Um, you know, every other Friday I go in for chemotherapy, and every other Friday he gives me a joke. And uh, there, was a, there was a week that he was going to be off. He knew he wasn't going to see me. And he gave me two jokes to keep me, um, you know, keep me for a couple of weeks. And it's, 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 it's great because, you know, it, it's not only for me to keep me laughing, but it's also for him to know that it's okay to sit there and laugh. And, you know, my entourage that comes with me, my, you know, Alba and company, as uh, people say in, in the hospital, are people who, um, you know, keep me laughing. And, 
you know, don't sit there and, and you know, make faces about chemotherapy. <clears throat> um, it, you know, there's no negativity. It's all positive. And I think that's what's not in me throat. And just accepting the fact that chemotherapy has to have the intention of working for me and um, not accepting it as, you know, something that's bad for me and toxic and, you know, this is gross or anything like that is, um, I think, is the key to, um, you know, doing better on it. It really is. I really believe that. Well, yeah, and we only have less than a minute now, and I think that's a great way to, to that's just great advice to give people. You've given so much information today, Alba, I can't tell you. It's, it's, uh, it's just amazing. But the fact that you approach chemo with everything you've gone through, you know, with with such positivity, and uh, you know, you keep you keep you know making your decisions. You know what's best for your family and best for you. And I mean, I, it's so admirable. It takes so much courage. I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. And I know you must have bad days, but um, if you had, uh, we have about thirty seconds left. So if you if there was one piece of advice, really quickly, what what would you say? To, what would you say about the culture? Uh, just go. Go with the insects and, and trust your intuition uh, and don't um, just trust that the doctor knows exactly what you're talking about when it comes to your body. Seriously, and um, don't be afraid to get second opinions and move on to other doctors. And, uh, you know, I just I, I can't trust that more than that. That's so important just to trust what your body's doing and to know, to know your body and, and know when there's something wrong. Okay, well, that's great information, and I, I think people will take that with them. So thank you so very much for sharing your journey. Uh, it's 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 been great, and we wish you the best of luck. Our prayers are with you. So thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye, dear. Right. Bye-bye. Uh, well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And please come again next week, next month. We look forward to hearing from you and you listening in. Thank you.